This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. This episode is brought to you by GroCo Postnatal Rehabilitation. Let's be honest, when it comes to postpartum care, the majority of mothers are sent home with nothing more than a peri bottle and instructions to rest. And what is rest when you've just had a baby? Mothers are left to navigate their recovery entirely on their own without any insight into how pregnancy or labor and delivery will impact their health in the future. It's absolutely insane when you consider that the traditional healthcare system today provides better rehab protocols for sprained ankles than mothers after birth. This is why Dr. Ali Kane created GroCo. The online community features 50-plus workouts streaming 24-7, weekly live workouts, and monthly master classes. Right now, the program is 50% off for lifetime access, and for the Mom Room podcast listeners, you can save an additional 20% with the coupon code MOMROOM. Head on over to GrocoRehab.com and sign up. How you heal now will affect the rest of your life. Check out the episode notes for additional details. This is episode 32. Wow, 32 episodes. I've been complaining about the static in my microphone recently, and so many of you guys told me to move my cell phone away from the microphone, and that appears to be working. So thank you very much for that advice. You have saved me a lot of stress and a lot of time because I like re-record things over and over and over when there's a static. And there won't be a massive hole in the wall of my closet when we move out because I won't have a rage blackout and punch a hole through the wall. And that's just a joke. I I don't actually punch holes through walls, but that's what I feel like doing. And it definitely has crossed my mind, but I, I wouldn't do that. Ugh, let's see. What should we talk about? I've been on a Rachel Hollis investigation for the last week, and it's so fascinating to me how there's this massive divide of people who love her, people who hate her, and then there's people like me who are like, what's the big deal? Like, you know, what has she done? I didn't really know much about her. I literally just read her second book. Um, I liked it. And then I saw that she came out with a brand new book, and I was like, Oh, like my friend suggested it for the book club. And I was like, yeah, perfect. Like so many people like her. And then when I posted it on the book club, I got all these, not all these messages, but like maybe like a handful that were like, no, why would you pick a Rachel Hollis book? And like, it totally took me by surprise. Like what? Like I thought Rachel Hollis was a good, a good person. I I was so confused. So then the more I started looking into it, I was like, oh my God, people have such passionate uh, thoughts about Rachel Hollis. So anyways, I know some of you that watch my stories on Instagram didn't even know who she was. And now we're all totally invested in this investigation, I like to call it. Um, So that's on my to-do list today is to go investigate some more things about Rachel Hollis. I think I am, I'm 
Well, I'm definitely keeping her book as the November book uh, for the book club because I think all of this is going to be a part of the conversation when Jen and I do our podcast uh, about the book. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And if it turns out that, you know, I do dislike her for whatever reason or like she's done something that I completely disagree with, um... Right now, I would say it's too late to switch the November book. I mean, I'm sure most people have already bought it. Uh, Unless they are totally against her, then they were probably like, I'm just going to skip the November book. But yeah, I think it's an important conversation to have. And a lot of people have told me, not a lot of people, I always say a lot, but I think I had like two messages that were basically like, you know, you have a certain platform and you shouldn't be supporting someone like Rachel Hollis. And it's like, when I buy books, I buy them for myself and like for the information that's in the book. And, you know, hopefully it's information that I can use in my life and that's motivating and makes me think and reflect. Um, I'm not buying a book with the thought of like, I am going to support this person. Let me buy their book. But I mean, I guess with a platform and with multiple people buying her book, it would make a difference in her bank account somewhat. I don't know. But anyways, so going forward, of course, I'm going to be more selective in the books that I choose and maybe even do a poll and be like, does anybody here hate this person? If you do, please tell me why. And I will decide if if they are if they don't deserve to have their book in my book club. Um, so maybe that's a good a good way to do it moving forward. But anyways, I'm going to keep her book and I'm excited for the podcast episode where we talk about her book and about her and about this big, you know, divide. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. This episode is all about comparing ourselves to other parents and comparing... Well, it's a little bit about comparing our children to other children. I put the question out on my Instagram stories for you guys to tell me your experiences or your thoughts about this. Um, Maybe you are someone that compares yourself to other people all the time. Maybe you don't. Um, So I will get into those near the end of the episode. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. 
Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there, and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. Last night, I wrote a little outline about just some things I wanted to touch on. Um, Comparing ourselves to other parents uh, is something that I talked about in the momposter syndrome episode, which is episode number one. Uh, I also have a short blog post about it, but I thought this would be a good topic just to have its own episode. The reason I've been thinking more and more about this topic is because I know, obviously, I story my my day kind of on Instagram, and I know a lot of people watch my stories, and I know most of it, most of my audience, let's say, are moms, other moms, and so I often think, are people looking at my stories, and are my stories making them feel bad? Like, I do try and show, like, the ups and the downs, but of Oh, like seriously, who can capture the downs with a toddler because it's literally survival mode and I'm just trying to prevent him from hurting himself. So it's not like I can get those on camera, you know, like maybe I should hire a cameraman. I don't know. Maybe down the road, that'll be a thing. So it's mostly like you see the video parts of him being happy and laughing or like us joking around. Um... But you don't always see like the tantrums, the like the downsides, the me being like snappy at my husband or because that doesn't make it onto camera because who's going to film those moments? Like it's it's impossible and you're just not thinking of it in the moment. So I try to talk a lot about the difficult parts. Um, But yeah, so I think a lot about how my stories make other people feel. And I also think a lot about other people's situations and how, you know, for example, I don't have to rush anywhere in the morning. I don't have to, you know, be dressed and showered and my hair and makeup done and be at an office for a certain time. So I don't have that that part of the stress in the morning. I can take my time. I can let Milo have a tantrum and just kind of wait till it's over and he's happy again and then move on with our morning. I can take 10 minutes to get him into the car and it's so much less stress. So then I think a lot about moms who 
don't have that and they need to be somewhere and that would cause a lot more stress and you know you're not able to sit there and joke around with your kid and wait until the tantrum's over and put stories on Instagram that are funny and so I do think a lot about that and how of how everyone's situation is different and it would be silly for someone who is not in my exact situation to compare themselves to me and especially to my Instagram stories. An example of, you know, something that you might see in my stories and then something that actually happened 10 seconds later is yesterday. Was it yesterday or Saturday? I think it was Saturday. We went to Walmart and the trip was great. Like going there was fine. It's like a 20 minute drive. Um, in the store, Milo was super happy and like fun little kid. And then I storied us walking back to the car and he was in his cart giggling and like laughing for no reason. And I was like, that's so cute. So I storied about it. And then I shit you not, 30 seconds later, it took us like five minutes to get him in his car seat. And he was like yelling, screaming, like kicking, did not want to get into his car seat. And thank God my husband was there with me because I would not have been able to get him in there on my own. And I remember thinking like, isn't this so funny? I just storied this little video of him laughing and being the happiest kid in the world in the Walmart cart. And then 30 seconds later, this is what happened. So I made a little list last night, a list last night, (laughs) it's hard to say, of things that might make us feel bad because we're comparing to something else or someone else. All right, so just quickly, we compare our pregnancies. We compare our labor, delivery, and birth stories. We compare our recoveries, you know, how fast are we recovering? Uh, We compare breastfeeding. Uh, We compare items, so products that we buy our kids, uh, strollers, food, clothes, toys. We compare our appearance to other people, so our body, our clothes, like whether or not we get ready, how our hair looks, our makeup, etc. We compare activities that we take our kids on, you know, um, they're in swimming lessons, we go on family hikes every weekend, we go swimming, um, we just get out of the friggin' house, like that's, that's uh, a feat in and of itself. Um, we compare our child's development, so speech, uh, physical development milestones. One thing that I don't think we talk a lot about is comparing how someone else portrays their experience as a mom. So, for example, when Milo was born, I did not cry. Like, to me, giving birth, I felt like I was at a CrossFit class and like I just had this end goal of getting the baby out. And then once he was out, like I didn't know who he was. He was this little, little thing that they like put on my chest and I was happy and I was smiling, but I did not cry. And I thought that was like what everyone was supposed to do was cry and be like, oh my God, (laughs) like a big babbling brook. Um, But yeah, that wasn't me. And to be honest, I didn't have these like overwhelming, like, oh my God, I'm so in love. Like, and saying it out loud, I feel like people are going to think I'm a monster. But no, like 
my and to this day I find that like my love for Milo just keeps growing and growing and growing as I get to know him and as he develops a little personality but when he was newborn it was very um like okay this is my baby I need to take care of him I love him of course but I'm not this big emotional wreck talking about how I've never felt a love like this before And I remember thinking, is there something wrong with me? But then the more I talk to people and, you know, when you're just open and honest, I find more people are open and honest back to you. And then I realize that a lot of people feel that way. But when all you hear about are people having a completely different experience uh, emotionally, then you compare yourself to that and you're like, well, why didn't I feel that way? And that's right after giving birth, but this continues as your child grows because I like to call them hashtag blessed moms, uh, the ones who find it very difficult to talk about struggles or anything um, that they dislike or any bad experience that they've had as a mom, uh, which is fine. I understand that some people are not comfortable talking about those things. They're afraid of being judged, afraid of people thinking that they don't like being a mom. Like, I get that. Um, And everyone deals with struggles in a different way. And some people prefer to just like put on a happy face and be private about those things, which is fine. But then we have to remember, you know, if you're someone that is more open about it, you just have to be cognizant that not everyone wants to be open about it. And so you can't really compare yourself to those people who only portray that everything is going amazing and they're so in love with their children and they are so blessed, let's say. Um, So yeah, you just have to be aware of that and not compare yourself and how you're feeling to what to what someone else is saying their experience is and even if they are like they have zero uh issues or nothing negative to say that's fine like you're a different person you deal with things differently you have different emotions you have different feelings you're going to react to things in a different way maybe the sound of your baby crying causes you like major stress and they're just very calm cool and collected about it we tend to compare ourselves to other parents while also assuming that our kids are the exact same, we're the exact same, our situations are the exact same, our schedules are the exact same, like, which is not the case. So it's it's like comparing apples to oranges. You can't do that. Something else we might compare are marriages or our relationships with our partners. Another thing that I don't think we think about a lot, which probably affects many of us, is that we compare our current situation or what we're doing and experiencing to our previous expectations that we may have had. And that can be expectations about pregnancy, about labor and delivery, about, you know, your first reaction when they put the baby on your chest after giving birth. Um, That could be your expectation about postpartum recovery and what you'd be able to do and how soon you'd be able to do it. Your postpartum body, um, expectations about how your marriage would function or your partnership after having a baby, expectations about what it's like to have a newborn and, you know, things that you were going to do with your newborn or your toddler, expectations about breastfeeding, expectations about how you thought you would feel as a mom versus maybe how you actually feel. I thought 
before having kids, I thought I was going to have like three kids and I thought I like being a stay at home mom would be the best. Like that is what I thought. Um, For most of our lives, my mom was a stay at home mom. I have two siblings. I was just like, yeah, live in the life. This is great. And now I'm like, oh my God, my poor fucking mom. Like that's the hardest thing in the world for me. That's what I think. That's how I feel. Uh, Even with, with just one child. I'm way too much of a busybody. I need to be like creating and writing and focusing on work and reaching goals. Like that is just me. And I'm not even saying that that's a healthy thing to do. Like maybe that's part of my anxiety, having to be busy and productive and go, go, go all the time. And this is not to say that stay-at-home moms don't also feel that way. And there are many stay-at-home moms that are insanely successful, productive, and reaching goals and And that's amazing. Like, you guys are amazing. But I have a hard time doing anything when Milo is home. Anything. Also, with my husband's insanely busy job, you know, he's away some evenings. He's super busy on some weekends. It's not feasible for me to be able to do things that I want to do just, you know, after Milo goes to bed or... Um, on the weekends, let's say, because yeah, I also want to have family time with my husband and my son. So for us and our situation, this just works for us. And I won't get too much into the daycare thing, but he thrives in daycare. He learns, he socializes, he's outside, he's doing activities all day. So we like him to be in daycare for those reasons. It's not just like, oh, I don't want him home. There's multiple reasons why he's in daycare. Um, And to be honest, if the whole COVID thing didn't happen, I would probably be working in a research institute right now, like nine to five, something like that. Um, But yeah, this is just the situation that we're in right now. And we are insanely lucky that we can afford to send him to daycare while I'm at home pursuing other things. Like, for example, this podcast that I'm doing in my closet. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. 
Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment and there's also a glossing detangler, which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair's too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. I wanted to give, before I get into what people have said to me on Instagram, which I got some amazing messages, um, I wanted to get into what I mean when I say we should accept that not everything is going to be our priority. For me, this makes me think of when I'm scrolling Instagram or Pinterest and I see super nutritious homemade snacks and, you know, whatever it might be. Not even not even social media. It could be talking to my friend and she's like, oh, I made these granola bars for so-and-so and they're super healthy and they were easy to make or whatever. And maybe my initial reaction is like I compare myself to them in that I don't make him homemade granola bars. I buy store-bought granola bars uh, because I hate being in the kitchen and cooking or baking or doing anything. To be honest, nine times out of ten when I am in the kitchen making something, it turns to shit and I get really frustrated. I don't like following recipes. Uh, Yeah, I just don't enjoy it. So sometimes I'm inspired and I'm like, oh, I should try and do this and make these granola bars one day one day being the key word. Like, I don't know when I'm going to do it, but when I have that little spark inside of me that's like, oh, you should make something today. Like the other day I made a pumpkin cake and it it was phenomenal, by the way. That was like the one out of 10 that actually turned out. But I don't often feel like baking or, or cooking. So, you know, maybe next time I feel that way, I will try these granola bars for my son. So it's like, oh, that's a great idea. Maybe down the road, I will try those. Um, Inspiration, like I am inspired. Thank you for sharing this with me. And that's a good way to look at it. Like just be inspired by things that other people do. Oh, so-and-so takes their kid swimming or on some big nature hike every week. Um, Maybe that's not something that I necessarily want to do. I would rather, you know, stick around the house, go grocery shopping, uh, whatever it might be, play outside in the backyard, um, go to the park. But yeah, we're not going on these big nature excursions. Um, But maybe one day you'll feel like it and you'll be like, oh, I'm going to contact so-and-so and and see where she recommends to go and what I should pack in the diaper bag. Um, But not feel bad because you don't do that every week. I often think about how we don't read books to Milo before he goes to bed. And I feel like that's something that everybody does. Like, oh, we read all these stories before bed. 
Um, we don't. We snuggle in the master bedroom and we watch one of his shows, which is just we put on Treehouse, basically. So last year it was Sesame Street that was on all the time and now it's Bubble Guppies. Um, and yeah, we just cuddle. He has his Woody and Buzz dolls and we just lay in the dark and watch a show and then he goes to bed. And sometimes I feel bad about that. Like, you know, we're the only ones on on the planet not reading before bed to our kid. But then I'm like, eh, like he's in daycare all day. He's learning all day, like super stimulated. So I don't feel bad about it. And also all three of us enjoy that time so much. Like we're all just snuggling. Um, you know, we're playing with him, like chatting, like giving him kisses, We enjoy that time so much that I don't feel bad about it, which kind of leads into my next point that was we need to accept that not everything that other people do is going to be a priority for us and vice versa. So some things that you do with your child or in your relationship or as a family, other people that's not their priority. So they might do things differently and that's okay. It's important to remember that we've all had different lives to to get us to where we are today. We've all had different experiences. We've all taken different classes. We think differently. We've read different books. So we have different thoughts about things. Some people are very pro-breastfeeding and they can't imagine giving their child anything else. But someone else may have read different books and different research on breastfeeding. And so they're not as passionate about breastfeeding. So when they struggled with breastfeeding, they decided, hey, like giving formula, it's not that big of a deal. And that's okay. We also have different external pressures. Um, We all have different family physicians. Maybe we're getting different information from our physicians. We have different partners. Maybe they have, you know, certain opinions about things that are influencing our decisions uh, and how we feel. We have different, you know, parents-in-laws and different parents ourselves, different brothers and sisters. My point is that there are a million things that contribute to um, our experience as a mom and choices that we make that we can't compare to other people because their experience is so different. And this is not to say that some decisions are not solely our own. Like, for example, it is my decision to not make homemade snacks uh, every week because I just don't want to. And that's okay. Just not wanting to and wanting to spend my time doing something else is okay for me. And that's a good enough reason. But I needed to acknowledge that about myself and accept that doing that is just not a priority. And the same goes for, for me right now, physical activity. I see accounts, I have friends who are like so physically active and it's super inspiring and I'm like, wow, I wish I was that way too and I was working out every day. Um, But for some reason, I'm just not into that right now and it's not my priority. So when I see people doing these things, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, I wish that was my situation right now, but it's not and that's okay. Maybe in the future it will be. Um, and I always remind myself that, Renee, if you wanted to, you would. It's like that TikTok. If if he wanted to, 
he would. Like, if I wanted to work out every day, then I would. But I don't want to. And that's okay. The same goes for the homemade snacks. If I wanted to, I could do it. And I think a lot of the times we look at what other people are doing and we assume that we can't do it. And sure, maybe there are some things that financially we can't do. But when it comes to things like homemade snacks, homemade meals, healthy meals, um, you know, going for a walk every day or just getting your body moving, uh, like if if we really wanted to, we would put that as a priority and we would do it. But it's not a priority and that's okay. And so maybe we don't do it. One thing that I wish I did was eat a more plant-based diet, hands down. If I could have one thing in the world, it would be a personal chef to just make me delicious, healthy things. Now, If I wanted to put a ton of time and effort into learning different recipes, learning different substitutions, I could do that. But right now, it's not my priority. So I don't want to put the time and the effort and the work into it. But I do have friends online who, you know, eat super healthy and have plant-based or vegan everything, and I admire that. I get inspired from seeing their stories, seeing their recipes. I get ideas for different products, and that's great. Am I, like, down on myself and like, oh man, I suck? Um, No, no, but... I just have to acknowledge that it's not my priority right now, but if I wanted to, I could. And I acknowledge the work that they put into making these meals and doing the meal planning and, you know, researching all the different products. Um, That's impressive to me. And, you know, I do other things that are impressive. That's another thing to, to remember. We all have things that we're good at and things that we prioritize and put a lot of work into. And it's not going to be the same for every person. Some people, you know, put a lot of effort and their focus into the food that they feed their families. And some people put it into physical activity and maybe food. Some people put it into arts and crafts and doing different activities with their kids. Uh, Some people do the outdoorsy stuff. I know for me, some weekends, it's like, yeah, let's just like laze around the house and snuggle and play and color and watch Toy Story 1, 2, 3, and 4. Um, and that's fine. And then other weekends, I'm like, let's pack up the car and go for a hike or go to the beach like an hour away. So I'm never consistent with things, uh, but it keeps my husband on his toes, I would say. I'm already almost at a half hour and I feel like I could talk about this topic forever. Um, One thing before I get into messages from other people that I just wanted to stress again is that every single baby and toddler and child is different. They have different temperaments. They have different behaviors. They develop at different rates. And I have a podcast coming up in a couple weeks with a pediatric physiotherapist where she talks a lot about developmental milestones. So definitely listen to that. It's fascinating. So yeah, children are different. We are also all different. We react to things in different ways. We have different emotional responses to different things. We have different marriages and partnerships or we're a single mom. We have different family support. We have different friend circles. 
We have a different work schedule. We have different financial situations. Some of us have a full-time nanny. Some of us don't have a nanny. Some of us can get babysitters. Some of us don't have babysitters. Some of us have our kids in daycare. Some of us don't or can't. Some of us want to work full-time but can't. Some of us want to stay at home but we can't. Like everyone is in a different situation. I cannot stress this enough. So we cannot compare to other people. It makes me think of how all my friends did sleep training and their kids were sleeping so young through the night and I couldn't do it. And that was just my own thing. I wasn't comfortable doing it. And I remember being like, oh my God, I wish I was like so-and-so and I could just fucking get through the sleep training so he would sleep through the night but I couldn't do it and so I had to accept that about myself and just be at peace with him not sleeping through the night. Anyways maybe I'll do a second episode about this and I'll get even like deeper into specific situations and why comparing uh, each other and each other's kids makes no sense because I love this topic. Uh, But now I'm going to get into some messages that I received on Instagram. I always love hearing people's feedback about these topics and their experiences. Hopefully my microphone doesn't buzz because I have my cell phone near. I'll kind of hold it away. So the first message she says, oh man, I do this all the time. And she means compare. My sister-in-law had my second niece a week before my son was born, and it's so hard not to compare each other or our kids. I feel there is so much pressure to be a great mom or parent and social media's hashtag blessed moms that we tend to only see the best versions of others and try to portray that ourselves so we don't give ourselves the grace of not being perfect or not being exactly like other moms. And that makes total sense. When all you see are people loving their lives and enjoying every minute and not having any issues, then why would you come come out and speak up about issues that you have? This is also why I think a lot of moms feel very isolated because they feel like they're the only ones not experiencing pure bliss every day. Um, so yeah, love that message. The next message says, I am one of the ones who does not compare themselves. Not one bit. I can't really tell you why I don't other than I just have a lot of confidence. I wouldn't even say I think I'm a good mom. No, I know I'm a good mom and I know I'm a good wife and I know I'm a good friend and teacher. I don't doubt those qualities at all. And someone else also being good at something doesn't lessen the amount of good that I am at it. I don't put my self-worth in any of those buckets either. I don't think if I'm a good mom, then I'm worth something. I just think wholly who I am, the type of person I am, the kindness I share, the love I have to give is good. And that translates into me being those good things. The biggest thing I would point out about this message is that she says she is confident. And when I talk about things uh, in motherhood, almost always the answer to things getting better is to be confident in ourselves. Um, So I love that message for that reason. But I also acknowledge that it is very difficult to be confident as a mom in today's world. This next message says, I think we all compare ourselves to an extent. It's human nature. That said, I actively remind myself that parenthood is the same storm, but we are all in different boats. 
Raising small humans is fundamentally the same. Keep them alive, teach them things, and hope they can function on their own when they are older. But what kid you have, the obstacles you face, the social, educational, monetary demographics can all be different. Past that point, I choose to remember that people don't show you their rain clouds. So even if Tammy down the street seems like she is the shit and has everything all together and sunshine shoots out of her ass, that might just be what she is projecting in my direction. And behind it, there could be a hurricane going on. I love that message for many reasons, but mostly because she said Tammy has sunshine shooting out of her ass. (laughs) And the last one I'm going to share is, I've heard that it's completely natural to compare anything, but then we need to check our thoughts. I think for so long women have been pitted against each other that it's actually really hard to be truly supportive of another woman's success or beauty, etc., I have to really work at it and remind myself that when one woman succeeds, we are all succeeding, paving the way for other women. But otherwise, yes, I just fall prey to comparing myself sometimes. So that is it for the messages and also for this episode because it's over a half hour long now. Usually my solo episodes are a lot shorter, but I'm apparently a chatty Kathy this morning. Um, It's already almost 11 a.m. Anyways, I have very important work to do today. Um, For example, investigating Rachel Hollis. I need to pack because we are going to be moving houses in a couple weeks. I am super excited to set up the house and decorate, like so excited. Um, And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I kind of went on a little bit of a rant. Um, I might actually send this to my friend to listen to before I publish it because I always get nervous when I just talk, 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 talk and don't listen back to it. So I like to have someone else listen to it sometimes. Um, So yeah. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, You know all this stuff. You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at the.mom.room. Uh, We just started a Facebook group, the Mom Room Community, so you can look that up and join. You will have to read the rules and also fill out a couple questions, but yeah, it's going to be a super fun space for like-minded moms. Very excited to have that starting. Um, So yeah, enjoy your week and I'll probably set up a Facebook Live sometime soon just to kind of welcome everybody into the group and talk about whatever things we want to talk about. So yeah, stay tuned. Um, I hope your children sleep tonight. Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. (laughs) Well, it is. We are a husband and wife who chat about raw, real relationship topics. Like sex. Like money. Like marriage and kids. But we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is. If you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work, because that sucks, we can join you in the suckage, kind of like being in your ear. Not physically. So if you want to laugh, come check us out. Come check us out. Brought to you by the Laughing Couple Podcast. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.